We continue our review of the season by talking about the catching position. We say goodbye to one of the best who ever did it. So what will the Cardinals do now after 19 years of Yachty? All on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. On YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button, and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, we've discussed the group efforts of the starting pitchers, the bullpen, the infielders, and the outfielders. Now, I want to turn our attention to an area that the Cardinals haven't really had to worry about for almost two decades, and that would be the catching position. The greatest Cardinals catcher of all time is hanging up his shin guard. Jadier Molina, the team's leader for catchers in almost every offensive category except batting average. He's second to Ted Simmons in that one. Announced coming into the season that this was going to be his final year. He's going to retire. Win or lose, that was it. This is all we get of Yadier Molina. A career that spanned 19 seasons. All with the Cardinals. It's coming to a close. And he was drafted in the fourth round. Just to give you a little bit of background, what was going on with Yadier Molina. Drafted in the fourth round back in the year 2000. 2000 draft. Came up in 2004 as a 21-year-old rookie. And he was playing behind his future manager, Mike Matheny. Now, Matheny was in his fifth year with the team and had won his second career gold glove the previous season. It was a good spot to have Yadi play the backup role and have a chance to learn under one of the best defensive catchers in the game at the time, who was 33 years old, was coming to the end of his contract, and eventually it would be Yachty's time to take over. That season, Yachty appears in 51 games. He hits 267, two home runs, 15 RBI. So nothing all that exciting, nothing all that special. Now, Matheny wasn't exactly crushing the ball either. He hit 247, five home runs, 50 RBIs, but... That wasn't his game. That wasn't the point of Mike Matheny. He was the defensive guy first, won his third gold glove that season, all three with the Cardinals. He did go on to win a third consecutive gold glove with the Giants the following season, giving him four total in his career. The 2014 would make it to the World Series, and unfortunately, they got swept by the Boston Red Sox that year. But that situation went about as fluidly as you can imagine. You know, I mean, you got this team that's that's not going to sign Matheny. He moves on to the Giants as a free agent, and they're able to hand the keys off to Yadier Molina. The keys to the catching position. They're like, here you go. It's all yours now. And he held on to those keys for 19 seasons. Unbelievable, right? Now, I can't tell you the number of catchers that the team drafted or signed as heir apparents to Yadi over the years, but the one I remember most recently and the one that was talked about possibly being the guy that replaces Yachty at some point was Carson Kelly. All right, the Cardinals drafted Kelly out of high school. He was a third baseman in 2012. 
He'd been the Gatorade Oregon Player of the Year in 2011 and 2012 in high school. Although he had committed to play at the University of Oregon, he decided he was going to sign with the Cardinals. And I love going back. One of my favorite things to do, and it doesn't matter what sport it is, is to go back and look at the drafts and look at some of the old names and think about what might have been if your team had taken this guy or that guy. Teams uh, passed on certain people. They hit the jackpot on other guys. The catchers that went in front of Kelly that year. Remember, he was a third baseman coming out of high school, so they weren't drafting him as a catcher. But you had Mike Zanino, who went third overall to the Mariners. By the way, Carlos Correa was number one that year. Number two was uh, Byron Buxton to the Twins. Uh, Striker Trahan, great name, by the way, went number 26 to the Diamondbacks. Clint Coulter went number 27 to the Brewers. Kevin Plawecki went number 35 to the Mets. The Cardinals actually did take a catcher named Steve Bean at number 59. And then Bruce Maxwell went number 62 to the A's. Now, Kelly was the 86th overall pick. The Cardinals picks before that were Michael Waka, number 19, James Ramsey at number 23, Stephen Piscotti at number 36, Patrick Wisdom at number 52, Mr. Bean at number 59, and then you had Kelly. Now, after struggling his first year, the team moved Kelly to catch him. Okay. And he progressed as a hitter because he didn't hit all that well when he first uh, made it into the minors. And he started progressing as a hitter, and he was a pretty good catcher right away. He earned the minor league Rawlings Gold Glove Award in 2015. The team calls him up in September of 2016, and that year he was named the organization's minor league player of the year. Now, in 2017, Kelly continued to produce in the minors, but Yachty at age 34, which, you know, you're thinking 34 years old, Yachty's going to start slowing down, right? No, has one of his best seasons hitting ever. 273, 18 home runs, career high 82 driven in. I don't know if it was like the threat that Carson Kelly was coming up behind him and they were, he was like, whoa, I need, I, need, I need to step it up. I don't know what provided the extra oomph to his game, but it was clear Yachty had other thoughts about getting moved out and Carson Kelly taking over things. Meanwhile, Kelly eventually got called up that season at the end of July, but only appeared in 34 games and hits 174. Then in 2018, Kelly was up for 19 games, hits just 114, while Yachty, again, good season, 261, 20 home runs, 74 driven in. So that following winter, realizing that we don't really need to replace Yachty yet. Okay, he's got a, he's got a couple years left in him, and um, they traded Kelly. They traded him with Luke Weaver, Luke Young, and a draft pick to the Arizona Diamondbacks, and they got a guy who might be the NL MVP this year and Paul Goldschmidt. Now, 2018 was the last season that, I, that Yachty won a gold glove. All right, His numbers have been on the decline offensively and defensively ever since, and it wasn't a given that he was going to play this season. Actually, if you guys remember, he decided to come back for one more year uh, a little bit late, and um, you know, and the, he had some reasons to come back. Obviously, I mean, first off, I, I would imagine any player who's played as long as Yachty would like to be able to say goodbye to the fans. And he also had the chance to get that battery starts record along with his good friend Adam Wainwright. And uh, then when they signed Pujols, when they announced he was coming back, obviously that's another motivating factor to play another year with his uh, his brother from another mother, if you will, in Albert Pujols. So unfortunately, it was a forgettable season for Yachty as far as what he did on the field. Memories galore as far as off the field, you know, the way he was treated by not only the fans of St. Louis, but other, other ballparks and other teams around the league. But um, he had knee issues again this year, appeared in just 78 games, hit a career low 214, five home runs, 
That was his lowest total since 2016, not counting the COVID year. And he drove in just 24 as lowest since that rookie year in 2004. Again, not counting the COVID year. So obviously we'll remember the good times. <laughs> of course, those are going to stand out to us more than any struggles that he might have had this year. Uh, setting the record with Wainwright at 325 starts is the battery which will likely never be broken. That was awesome. They set the record uh, also for career wins as a battery. Uh, he set the record for career putouts by a catcher. I mean, he's one of the best that's ever been around in the game. And despite the offensive issues this year, he did manage to single in his final at bat against the Phillies, which was kind of cool. You know, uh, same with Pujols. You know, that was cool that their last at bats as Cardinals and in the major leagues, they got hits on. You know, that's neat. I like that stuff. I think it's pretty neat. Um, but that was it for Yachty this year. He, he didn't offer all that much to you this season. Three other players ended up starting behind the play for the Redbirds this year. Could one of them be the new heir apparent, if you will, to the catching throne? We're going to talk about them next on Locked on Cardinals. But first, I want to talk about Bet Online. The college and NFL seasons are in full swing. And at BetOnline.net, that's got to be your number one source for football betting info. It's got to be. You got to have that bookmark by now. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Thursday Night Football this week. We'll be here before you know it. Two and four Saints at the two and four Cardinals who will have DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup after a six-game suspension, which is pretty nice for me because uh, I, I took him late in a lot of fantasy drafts. So, the time for all the patience. I've waited six long weeks to have Hopkins in the lineup, so time for that to pay off. And as always, Bet Online reminds your it remains your uh, continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. The Yankees moving on to the ALCS against Houston. Massive matchup there. In the National League, the Phillies and the Padres are locking horns. Who do you think is going to be the last one standing out of those final four? Since the Cardinals are done, just to give you a little background, since they're done, my household appears to be pulling for the Phillies. And that's because of Nick Castellanos. Now, my wife from Cincinnati, a big-time Reds fan, and um, she she loved her some Castellanos when he was on their team. And we actually got to meet his parents at a, at a game once. Oddly enough, um, quick story. His dad and I came out of the restroom at the same time. Like he was walking in front of me and, you know, we start, wa we're walking towards our wives and we look and our, our wives are sitting there talking and chatting while we're waiting, while waiting for us. And uh, so we all kind of struck up a conversation and they're like, yeah, we're Nick Castellanos' parents. We're like, oh my gosh, very cool people. They were great. My wife still talks to Nick's mom, Michelle, from time to time. So, um, we're pulling for them because of that relationship. And I suppose if the Cardinals are going to lose to a team, might as well be the future champions, right? So um, anyway, quick story there. But do yourself a favor. Do the smart thing. Head to betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Now, this year's leader in games caught was not Yadier Molina. It was Andrew Kisner due to Yachty getting a lot of days off and he had the, the injury issues this season. And for the most part, Kisner did a fine job behind the plate. I got no complaints really there. Now, I can't pretend to tell you that I know how well he calls a game because I don't. But if he sucked at it, I don't, I don't think the team would have had him back there for 
96 games this year. I, I don't think they would do that if he wasn't any good at calling a game. And the pitching staff did pretty darn good with Kisner behind the dish. Like, it's not like they had a bad pitching staff this year. At the plate, that's where we got some issues because Kiz hit an underwhelming 215 with four home runs and 25 RBIs. And, and, and don't give me this crap because people do this. Well, if Yadi wasn't starting so much, he'd be he'd be all right. Stop. Stop it. That's just not the case. At least in my eyes, that is not the case. The dude had 293 at-bats to work with, and that's what he produced. 215. 215. Four home runs, 25 RBIs. And, like, and Yanni was hurt about it. You know, Yanni barely played, what, in June? Didn't play at all in July. Kisner hit 104 in June. 104 in 56 plate appearances. And then in July, he improved to 280. Zero home runs, five RBIs. Okay, that's not going to get it done. He's just not the guy. He's not. Now, he looks to me like he will be a solid backup catcher in this league, but that's about it. And that's not me ripping on him. I'm not tearing Kisner apart. It's just a reality. He he might have a fine career in this league, but he doesn't seem like starter material to me. And it, the odd thing is, it's like in the minor leagues, because Kisner was like a decent prospect coming up, and he hit pretty well uh, in the minor leagues. Pretty solid stick. 2017, uh, A-ball and double-A, he played at, at both levels that year, hit 302, 12 home runs, 51 RBIs. 2018, double-A and triple-A. At 313, seven home runs, 45 driven in. 29 at Mem- 2019 at Memphis, 276, 12 home runs, 34 RBIs. His career batting average in the minors, 303. He hit 37 bombs, 172 RBIs, and 308 games. But we just have not seen that at the major league level yet. And he's been up here for four seasons. Like he's 27 now. As a major leaguer in four years, He's hitting 204, seven home runs, 45 RBIs in 186 games played, 553 at bats. His stat line doesn't lie. He's just not that great of a hitter so far at the major league level. And at his age, it's not the point where all of a sudden he's probably going to get good. I mean, I, I suppose there's a chance that could happen, but odds are good that that's that he's going to make some big jump just because he plays even more. I just, I just don't see it. Now he's arbitration eligible for the next three years. Won't be a free agent until 2026. Good backup. Good backup. Uh, there was a tie for the third most games at catcher between Yvonne Herrera and Austin Romine. <laughs> Romine was released. He went to the Reds. So we don't have to talk about him, but Herrera is a name that Cardinal fans are quite curious about. So I've got some knowledge for you here. Herrera is 22 years old, signed with the team as an international free agent in 2016. Made his professional debut in 2017, hit 335 with one home run and 27 RBIs over 49 games. 2018, he spends a majority of the year with the Rookie League Gulf Coast Cardinals while also playing in two games with the Springfield Cardinals of the Class AA Texas League. Over 30 games with both teams, he hits 336 with one home run and 25 RBIs. So we've got 335, then we got 336. He begins 2019 with the Peoria Chiefs in the Class A Midwest League before getting promoted to the Palm Beach Cardinals of the Class A Advanced Florida State League in July. Over 87 games between the two clubs, he hits 284, nine home runs, 47 RBIs. After the season, he was selected to play in the Arizona Fall League with the Glendale Desert Dogs, with whom he was named an All-Star. 
COVID year happened, so we have no minor league season then, which sucks. Because when you have a prospect who looks like he's really climbing, and then just boom, the whole year is out. I mean, COVID screwed up a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Uh, spent the majority of the 2021 season with Double A Springfield. He hits 231 with 17 home runs, 63 RBIs over 98 games. This year was his first year at Triple A. 65 games, he hits 268, six home runs, 34 RBIs. Uh, players are graded on a 20 to 80 scale, in case you weren't familiar with that. So according to MLB.com, the scouts give him a 50 grade on his hitting and his power, a 30 on running, but who cares, 55 on his arm, and 55 on his fielding. His overall grade, he gets a 50, which they consider to be average. He's the seventh-ranked prospect in the organization, but he doesn't crack the top 10 in their overall catching rankings. But at one point in May, he did make it into the top 100 prospects in all of Major League Baseball. Again, he's 22, all right? 22 years old. Yachty came up when he was 21. Yachty's a different breed, okay? We can't expect everybody to be Yachty or Molina as a prospect, okay? It's just not realistic. In his cup of coffee on the team this year for Herrera, two hits, 18 at-bats. Obviously, awfully small sample size. One quote from a story on him when he did get called up, though, says, uh, quote, nothing screams plus about Herrera's offensive or defensive profile, but he has every capability to be a well-rounded major league backstop for many years. To me, that sounds like a guy who needs at least one more year at Memphis, right? To you, does it, does it seem like that? The other two catchers in the Cardinals' top 30 prospects are Leonardo Bernal, who's number 18, but he's 18 years old, and then Jimmy Crooks III, who is number 25. He's 21 years old and both finished at Palm Beach this year, so they aren't even remotely ready or even in the conversation about next season. So where do the Cardinals go from here? Kisner going to be on this team next year, but do you really want him as the starter? I don't think so. We'll talk options next on Locked on Cardinals. Now we get to the fun stuff, right? Who do we replace Yadier Molina with, huh? All right, let's get into it. Um, the number one name on the lips and hearts of all Cardinals fans this offseason is going to be that of Wilson Contreras, who becomes a free agent this offseason. And the fans have every right to want him. And he's, in my opinion, exactly what this team needs. And here's what I think is the beauty of it. He's only going to cost you money and a draft pick because of the qualifying offer thing that the Cubs will likely give him. Contreras at 243, 22 home runs, 55 RBIs this season in 113 games. He's never played more than 138 in a season and will be 31 years old next year. He came up in 2016, won the World Series with the Cubs at the age of 24, although he wasn't their main starting catcher, but he did take over in 2017, and he's been the main man in Chicago ever since. He's a three-time All-Star, sports a career batting average of 256, and besides his rookie year, where he wasn't the starter in the COVID year of 2020, he's only had one season that he didn't hit 20 home runs. And in fact, his average season over seven years is 256, 22 bombs, 81 RBIs. He's never won a gold glove. His career fielding percentage is 989, which like isn't bad. In comparison, Yachty, over 19 years, 995, because he's a freak. Uh, Contreras caught stealing percentage, 30%. Yachty's career, 40%. 
And yes, you can blame some of that on the pitchers, but these are the stats. I, I don't have it broken down. You can, I don't know how to find that. Okay. But you know, we get comments all the time. But when I, when I brought up um, the uh, throw out percentage, the, 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 the caught stealing percentage where people were like, well, yeah, but sometimes that's the pitcher's fault. Yeah. But I, I don't know. These are the stats, you know, Contreras 30%, Yachty at 40. Again, we've been spoiled with Yachty for so long. Um, the defensive drop-off, is that acceptable if you get his offense? If you get a normal Wilson Contreras year, 20-something home runs, 75 RBIs, hits about 256, is that worth the defensive drop-off? I say yeah. Now, SpotTrack has estimated his value at $16 million next year. So here's what I did. I went and looked at some of the numbers and some of the money that's coming off the books. The Cardinals paid Yachty $10 million this year. Corey Dickerson got $5 million this year. I do not expect him back. Albert Pujols got $2.6 million. So you add that up, that's $17.6 million that will not be on this roster next year as of right now. The question is, how many years do you offer him? He's 31 years old. You got Herrera in the wings. You think he's going to be all right. Would you go more than three years? Three years, $55 million. Make him the fourth highest paid catcher per year behind JT Real Muto, Salvador Perez, and Yasmani Grandal. He was fifth this year at $9.6 million behind Yachty, who was number four. So he goes from $9.6 million if you give him like 17 million, I mean, that's quite a bump. I mean, that's almost doubling his pay from last year. Would that be enough to get it done? Would that be enough to outbid any other team that stepped up? I don't know. But would you live with three years, 55 million? I would. I, I, I think the catching position is so important that I, I need that dude back there who's going to be good enough as the catcher because he's got a cannon for an arm. We know that. Maybe he his caught-stealing percentage goes up with the Cardinals pitching staff. I don't know. But you get that offense because this year you had that black hole at the catching spot in the batting order. Like it was just an out almost every time. It was gross. And instead, you bring in somebody like that to team up with uh, Arenado and Goldschmidt and Edmund and Newbar and Carlson, but just that extra back because we still haven't. We don't know what we're going to do with the DH yet. You know, we we don't have an answer there without Albert. But look at those numbers there, Albert. What he did this year, you bring Contreras's numbers in, pretty comparable. Uh, the other top option is a, a trade for a catcher, and we've talked about Sean Murphy from the A's plenty. Twenty-eight years old, Gold Glover last year was really good again this year. Uh, 991 fielding percentage last year with his gold glove. It was 993 Threw out 31% of runners this year, last year, only 24%. So he got better at that offensively hit 215, 18 home runs, 66 RBIs, and has a career average of 236 in four seasons. Solid player, solid player for sure. And the A's top prospect is a catcher, which is why people think he'll get moved. And I like him. I like him, but what will the A's need or want in return for him? Like, what do you got to give up? If you have the money, you just go after Contreras, right? It doesn't cost you any players. 
The Cubs will, like I said, likely make the qualifying offer to him. And according to reports, the Cardinals, if they signed him, would lose a third-round pick, and the Cubs would get a competitive balance round B selection. Now, we've mentioned that NBC Sports Chicago's Gordon Wittenmeyer posted that story about Contreras considering coming to the Cardinals, and when asked if he's ever thought about it, he said, oh, yeah, for sure. We've heard about him checking in with former teammate Jose Quintana about the Cardinals organization as well. Mentioned that with uh, the Jose Quintana talk yesterday where I was like, hey, if you can bring Quintana back and he's able to recruit and get Contreras, you get both of them, that's that's kind of a big win for the Cardinals, right? So it should be interesting to say the least come free agency time, but you can put my vote in as I say, three years, 55 million. Give me Wilson Contreras, put him in this lineup. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, sorry for the delay on uh, the podcast today. I know it's really, really late. I, I had a lot going on today, a lot of work stuff and everything, and I'm really, really sorry about that, but, but it's out, and I appreciate you guys tuning in each and every time you are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. 